0: This morning, I have a special guest speaker, and we had talked um, not long ago, and he asked me what I wanted him to talk about, and I told him finances, and the reason why is because I think most Christians have problems, and most people in general, with finances, and people are struggling. People are in debt, people, you know, and when I ended up at Benny Anglin's church as his youth pastor, and associate pastor, I was upset that I was with a guy who was a prosperity minister. But you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Just because somebody talks prosperity doesn't mean they have a bad heart. And I got to watch this man, working for him for five years, with integrity, not only handle finances in his personal life, and the church correctly but what I got to see is I got to see people in a congregation lift up their standard of living and they were they've been living better and the thing that I learned was this if only the minister or only the church is going up and the people are not going up it's out of balance if only the people are going up and the church and the minister is not going up it's out of balance see it has to go up together and so I learned some great lessons from my friend who saved my life. Him and his wife literally saved my life. I was getting out of the ministry. I was done. We were hurt. We were broken. And God put us in Withfield, Virginia. we're from Southern California. You know what I'm saying? And he's from Louisiana. Now he's from Texas. But, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. But I'm going to tell you, pay attention. Listen take heed to what's being said, because this is word from the Holy Spirit. And if you pay attention to this, your life will change forever. Amen. Well, please give it up for my friend and my pastor, Benny Anglin.
1: Okay, are we on? Hallelujah. <laughs> Victory. Praise God. Well, it's really good to be back. Uh, we've actually been here several times. I see a lot of new faces. That is an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, I hope you guys appreciate your pastors, Pastor Rick and Miss Lee, and I know you do. i going to right there. Uh, best associates I ever had, I was kind of mad at them when they left, Uh, but I believe they found where they're supposed to be, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and just like Pastor Rick said, uh, when you see the church growing, and the pastor growing, then things are in balance, things are right, amen, hallelujah, now uh, we don't have a, a, a lot of time this morning, so basically what I want to do is introduce something to you. We're going to come back tonight at 6 o'clock, and we'll be able to get a little bit more in-depth, but even if you can't come tonight, I've I've got a word for you that'll help you. It'll change things in your life. I found out a long time ago that, and and I really, and I understand why, why we use it, I really do not like the title Prosperity Preacher because it puts you in this little box and says this is what you're all about I, I found out that the gospel include the good news includes every area of your life yes. every area of your life your health your mental well-being your relationships your your as well as uh, your provision in your life And, you know, what? I I really wasn't going to share this this morning because I get started on it, and I I always think, well, everybody's heard that. They don't need to hear it again. But this kind of started with me in March of 1999. I was on a mission trip to Nairobi, Kenya in Africa. And while I was there, I had a supernatural visitation from the Lord. It started as a dream. Now, what was unusual about it, is I woke up in in the midst of the dream and it continued it didn't it continued as a vision and without getting into a lot of it, basically what I saw was the river of life that that the Bible says flows from the throne of God. I saw it in heaven it's in it's indescribable. I used to try to describe it, but there's not anything on the earth that looks like it, it it's like trying to explain. Uh, you know, a desert to an Eskimo. that they, they, they don't know anything. There's nothing to relate it to. And so I just i just stopped. Everything I tried just almost sounded vulgar to me because it was so, so below what it really was. But I heard a voice. I saw a hand like this, and, and it was clenched, and, and there was something in the hand. And I heard a voice say, at the very instant that I commission a thing, I released the provision. The hand opened like that and, and I saw something fall out of the hand and splash down into the river. And then the scene changed and it was like I could see the river from further back, like I'd pulled back from it, and I could see it. And there was just there were countless things just floating and bobbing in the river. I mean, there was everything from there were church buildings, there were houses, there were Computer equipment, there were motorcycles, I mean, not motorcycles, but scooters like a missionary would use uh, on the field, bicycles. I, I saw stacks of cash floating in the river. Somebody said, Well, I didn't know all that stuff was in heaven. Where do you think everything in the earth came from? It all came out of heaven, huh? Now, you know. I've got a t-shirt. You may have seen it. It says, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. (laughs) I can explain to you what I saw, but only God can reveal to you what I saw. Amen? So we just trust him to do that, trust the Holy Spirit to do that. Now, if you want to get a head start, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 55 this morning. Isaiah chapter 55. And even though what we're going to minister on does actually touch on God's supernatural provision for your life, it's not exclusive to that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to be completely honest with me. Is there anything in your life right now, as you sit here this morning, that you don't need any change in? Well, I can tell from, from your response that apparently... Uh, come on now. I, I'm talking about, is everything in your health just exactly like you want it? Everything in your relationships just exactly like you want them? Is everything in your finances just exactly like you want them? How many have been following, and I, I've not followed it real close, but I've been keeping an eye on it, and I've been praying over it, that these, these uh, young boys... They got trapped in the cave in Thailand. How many have been following that? you just watching that. I, I've been praying for them. I said, God help them. I, intervene on their behalf. Say, are, are they even Christians? I don't have no clue in the world what they are. But I know I serve a good God huh, who has a reckless love for me. And even when I was everything he was against, he was pursuing me relentlessly amen and, and he's pursuing them this morning amen but here's the thing that the lord spoke to me this morning i was had my worship music going and just had the television on with the sound off uh on the news channel just kind of watching what was going on with that how many of you know they got some of them out this morning uh, uh and they're going to start again in the in the morning their time it's night there but in the morning their time they're going to start again i think they got six out Six and so, half of them, they got out. And, uh, but the thing that struck me was just watching all the equipment, all the people. I mean, people for countries from around the world have said, whatever you need, we'll send it. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there anything that you would do for God if your health was better? Is there anything you'd do for God if your finances were better? A man of God that that the Lord opened the door for me to spend some time with right after I got back from Kenya made this statement. He's, he said, somebody asked him, said, uh, I almost said his name. I hate to drop names. But, but, but they said, I'll just use his first name. They, they said, Brother John, what is the greatest thing about being out of debt? Because he was out of debt and really probably a wealthy man. He said, what's the greatest thing about being out of debt? He never hesitated. He said, I never have to tell God I can't. Huh? I mean, if the Lord spoke to you today in this service and said, I want you to take a month and I want you to go, We're talking about Thailand. Let's just use Thailand. I want you to go to Thailand and just travel around and just spread the gospel. Would you have to get permission from your employer? Would you have to come up with some kind of way to pay the house note? Would you have to come up with some kind of way to pay the electric bill? Would you have to come up with all these different things that you'd have to do? See how money... The enemy uses it, if he can, to restrict us from doing the will of God. And and, and one of the reasons I, I said I don't like the term prosperity message, again, it, it just it puts you in this little bitty box and people say that's what you're all about. In, in fact, the man that, that said that, what I just got to that quoted, the first time the Lord told me to go and listen to him, I said, why? All he does is preach about money. And I never heard anything that he said that that I I felt was unscriptural or wrong. It's just that he's just talking about money. That's not important. How many of you know it's important when the rents do? How many of you know it's important when the light bills do? How many of you know it's important when you go to the gas station? How many of you know it's important when you go to the grocery store? How many? Of you, has anybody's health insurance gone up? <laughs> Mine quadrupled. I thought it was supposed to go down, <laughs> but see, that's what happens if you put your trust in this world system. Okay, it, it, it's fickle. It, it's it's not anything to be to put trust or confidence in. But there's a whole other system. I said, there's a whole other system. When I heard the voice of the Lord say, at the very instant that I commission a thing, I release the provision to accomplish it, the Lord spoke to me after, and he said, the problem is, my people don't know how to withdraw that provision from the spirit realm and bring it into the natural realm where they can use it. Everything God has done for you is in the spirit realm. Come on now. Jesus paid the price for everything you need, everything you've ever needed, and everything you ever will need. But it's all in the spirit realm. You have to withdraw it with your faith in order to use it here. Come on now. Salvation has has only so far. It began in your spirit. It's working its way out into your life. You know, you're familiar with the scripture says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." It means it means to work it, it. It's the same term. I looked it up one time. It's the same term that you would use to dig a splinter out of your finger. Work it out, huh? Work it out. It's in there. You've got to get it out. How do we get it out? We get it out by learning his word, learning how he looks at things, learning because his ways are right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. All right, have you found Isaiah 55? I know you thought I forgot about it. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit. The joints and the marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I thank you today for effectual doors of utterance in this place. That not only do you give me words to speak, but you open our hearts to hear and to receive. I thank you for that grace, that calling. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who opens the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. Everybody say it out loud. Amen. 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 You don't know what the word amen means, right? So be it. So be it. I've got my people saying it every service. When they say "Amen," I said, "And that means, so be, so be it." That's what happened with Mary. Come on now. When the angel came and said that 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 you're going to have a child, she said, "I don't know how that works." She said, "The angel said the Holy Spirit is coming." She said, "So be it." What happened? She got pregnant with Jesus. Hello. Some of you need to get pregnant with some stuff, huh? You need to get pregnant with health. Yeah. You need to get pregnant. Oh, come on. All right, Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts, this is God speaking. My thoughts are not your thoughts. By the way, the title of my message is, It's Time for a Change. It's Time for a Change. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And everybody said? Which means? So So be it. So he said, "My thoughts are not your thoughts we, we, we think about things a different way now why do we think so different from God? We think differently because we live in a corrupt world. We live in a corrupt system. come on now and and, and there are things you, you you think you think the way you think because of things like uh, the influence of uh, your upbringing because of the influence of people that you associate with, because of the influence of things like television, radio, internet, used to be newspapers. I don't know if anybody reads newspapers anymore. But uh, all those things influence the way we think about things. And if you're not careful, you've learned some wrong things. In fact, I'm just going to say it this way. Whether you were careful or not, you've learned some wrong things. Huh? I, I, uh, I like to play golf, okay? It, it's a silly thing. It's frivolous, but it relaxes me. Because when I play golf, I don't think about anything else except what I'm doing wrong in my golf swing <laughs> and, and, and trying to fix it. Somebody, somebody said one time, there are 46 things that can go wrong in a golf swing. Sometimes I think I've been, you know, in, in, up in the 40s on one swing. But anyway, uh, when I first started, I learned how to play golf on the golf course. I actually, uh, to, to kind of really shorten this, that God opened the door for me to, to have some fellowship with and to really encourage and, and minister to a Baptist preacher in our town that we lived in. And so he asked me to go play golf. Now, I didn't play golf. I, I I was a bass fisherman. And uh, so he wanted me to go play golf. So I finally I said, okay, I'll go play golf with you. And, and so I went with he and, and another man, and we played golf. And I mean, it was just uh, it's horrible. I mean, just it's the hardest game I've ever tried to play well. It's the hardest game I've ever tried to play well. I'll say it that way. Uh, but. Uh, so I learned, and I got hooked, and I went and bought clubs and started playing all the time. But in golf, there's a shot that you hit that that is probably the worst shot, and it's called a slice. It, it, you hit the ball, and because of the way you hit it, it causes the ball to spin, and it'll start out right where you want it, and all of a sudden it'll do this and go over here. And I had a, a slice so bad that I could slice even the easy clubs to hit. Are y'all here? And so I'm thankful God uses everyday life to teach me stuff. How about you? And so he spoke to me one day, and he said, I want you to go get some golf lessons. Now, you know your game really stinks when God talks to you about it. <laughs> He said, I want you to go get some golf lessons. He said, because... You have learned everybody else's bad habits. Hello. So short story, I went and got the golf lessons and God used it to show me how that oftentimes we learn from other people and what we learned is not necessarily right. No matter who it is, I don't care if it's me, Pastor Rick, who it is, you need to line it up with the word. Come on now. Make sure it lines up with the word of God. If it doesn't, just don't worry about it. It's somebody's opinion. Come on now, I'm preaching better than y'all responded. You you thought it was a lot more funny when I talked about my bad golf game. (laughs) But God said, my ways are not your ways. You've learned some ways that are not my ways. You need to fix that. You've got some thoughts that are not my thoughts. You need to fix that. Now, for this morning, I want to go to one more passage of Scripture. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5. The, there's another scripture, while you turn there, there's another scripture that says, There's a way which seems right to a man whose end is destruction. In other words, it seems like the right way, but it's not the right way. Huh? So, we need to get to a place where we just say, God, it's your way, not my way. I want to know your way, not my way. Amen? Amen. And and the thing about what he said there, he said, if you'll learn to replace your thoughts with mine, my word never fails. It always produces what he said. It always produces what I intended for it to produce. Come on now. How's that working out with you with with your thoughts? Selah. That means think about it. Okay. In Mark chapter 5, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I don't know how many times I've preached. I don't know. I I may have read it hundreds of times. I don't know. I'd be interested if only God can count them, I guess. I'd be interested to know how many times I've read this story. But it's the the woman with the issue of blood, okay? That that means that she had some kind of bleeding problem. When you have bleeding problems, uh, you get weak, you get anemic, you don't feel good, you don't look good, you're not good, amen? Now it said about this lady, start with verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, this is 2018, 12 years ago would be 2006, right? Where were you in 2006? Can you remember 2006, remember what was going on in your life? Now, think about being sick all the way from then to now. Huh? Turn somebody and say, she needed a change. Huh? So it said that she had been, uh, she, had, she had suffered, uh, had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. Now, why did she suffer these things from these physicians? They were doing everything they could that they knew to do to help her, huh? But you know, sometimes that their their methods back in those days were worse than the, than the problem. But now, think about, look at it from this perspective. Doc, how long did you go to school? Eight years in school, three years of res- residency. Some people nowadays go longer than that, don't they? Yeah. It could go 10, 12 years to school. In other words, you go to school, let's just round it, Let's uh, 10 years. You go to school for 10 years to learn enough to start practicing. <laughs> huh? Think about that. You go to school for 10 years, and I'm not talking, it's rigorous schooling, right? I mean, it's not, hey, we just show up every once in a while. It, it's, I mean, you have to learn about all the physiology and biology and chemistry and, and all the stuff that goes in that. And these, these physicians, I'm sure, doing everything they knew. It said she had suffered many things from them. She had spent all that she had. Now, the inference here is that apparently she had some wealth Because she'd she'd had enough that she'd been spending it for 12 years. No health insurance back then. No Medicare. Come on now. Spend everything that she had. Now, look at this. So what that means is, in the world system, she had access and, and, and made herself available to the best that was available and used all the resources that she had. And here's the result. She had spent all she had and was no better. But rather grew worse. But something changed. I said something changed. Yeah, something changed. Somebody introduced a new thought to her. Huh? How'd I know that? Well, I read it. It said, when she heard about Jesus. Now, does this move? Oh, it does. Awesome. When she heard about Jesus, it said, uh, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Do you ever think about why she did that? You know, most of the time, what we just read that and we, oh, man, she touched If I could just touch... The reason she did that is if you read in the Gospels, you find out there are other places where people touched Jesus' clothes and got healed. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I was reading one day, and I said, wait a minute, that's not the woman. Somebody else. So apparently... Somebody told her that there's this man. If you can just get close enough to touch his clothes, you can get healed. Now, I don't know about you. I've been to many physicians and suffered many things and spent all that I had. Touching somebody's clothes is no big deal to me. (laughs) Come on now. That sounds easy. Amen. But it wasn't easy. Because under Jewish tradition, a woman with an issue of blood was considered unclean. And if she was in a crowd of people, she was required by law to announce to everybody, unclean, 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 so that nobody would touch her. What's she doing? She's in a crowd of people. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Making her way, doing exactly what she's not supposed to be doing. But notice what it did. It said, this is New King James. It said, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If you read that in a literal translation, it reads like this. For she said and kept on saying. She said and kept on saying. She said and kept on saying, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made clean. If I can just touch his clothes, I know I'll be made clean. Excuse me. If I can just touch his clothes, excuse me. If I can just touch his clothes, she's not going to be denied. What changed in her life? Her thought. You can't tell me. That some do you know what the penalty was if somebody found out she was unclean in there not announcing touching people? Death. The penalty was death. She said, I'm dying anyway. Huh? I'm dying anyway. If I can touch his clothes, I have a new life. Come on now. Making her way through. Glory to God. And it said, I'm assuming you know the story. But she got up to him and she touched his clothes and the Bible said, immediately. Immediately she was healed of that plague. To the point that Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? And The disciples said, Lord... uh, Everybody? <laughs> they were all trying to get to... He said, what, what do you mean? Everybody's touching you?" He said, no, somebody touched me. And he said, the woman, knowing what was done in herself, came and fell down before him and told him the whole story. She said, Lord, I've had an issue of blood. For 12 years, I've been to many physicians, suffered many things. I spent everything that I had, and I wasn't any better. I was getting worse. But I heard about you. I heard that you were a healer, and I heard if I could just touch your clothes, I'd be made whole. And so I said and kept on saying, If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And I touched your clothes, and I'm whole. And Jesus said, woman, your faith made you whole. Come on now. Your faith made you whole. What happens when you change your thoughts to his thoughts? The Bible said that faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. Come on now. And so when you hear that, it causes faith. And if you just act on that faith, it releases that provision that God has made for you and it doesn't make any difference if it's in the financial realm if it's in the realm of your health if it's in the realm of your children if it's in whatever it is it it, will release that power of God now I want to close with this thought this morning is this all right everybody good Uh, if you come back tonight we'll get more into detail because that's what happened with me when the Lord visited me in Kenya he said I'm going to show you how this works And he began to show me things that I'd already been walking in to some extent. But they weren't a revelation to me. I just saw them in the Word, and so I did them. Huh? And I was was getting some result as a result of that. There there were some, some things that were working. But when the Lord began to show me these things, it was like somebody pulled back a curtain and said, See, that's how that worked. And it changed everything in my life. Come on now. It changed everything in my life. Listen, I've been living, I thought I was living by faith up to, and I was as much as I knew, but I, I've been living by faith ever since. Come on now. I mean literally living by faith. Someone says, oh, I live by faith. Do you? Do you? Do, or are you living by confidence in your ability to make a paycheck? there's a scripture in in 2 Corinthians 9 don't let me forget to finish that right there there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 that says that God is able to make all grace abound toward you listen what does that grace do so that you have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. You know what that last part means? That means that you you not only are your needs all met, you've got enough. If there's another need that arises, you can help with that one. Amen. Is anybody that would like to be there? Amen. Pastor Rick was telling me about the awesome outreach you guys did. You know why it wasn't bigger? <laughs> all it takes is money. Y'all are getting quiet on me now. Why why didn't you have more money? Because you didn't have more money. Because if you had more money, you'd put more money into it. Wouldn't you? Huh? If you, if you didn't have to have that money somewhere else, if it wasn't committed somewhere else, and, and you just had it laying around. Somebody said, can you have laying around money laying around? Solomon did. Go read about him sometime. The Bible said Solomon and all the people under Solomon were so wealthy that silver had no value. They didn't have any place to keep it. They had it. Listen, go read your Bible. They had it piled up outside the city. They had a city... Silver dump. (laughs) Now, what what did that verse say? God is able. So he's able. If he's able, how come he's not doing it? Well, the answer is he already did. The problem, how many of you can remember... You younger folks may not even be able to relate to this. I don't know. When I first got a job and started a checking account, I had to learn how to make a deposit, keep up with my checkbooks and make sure I have money in there. And, and, and I had to learn how to write a check to withdraw on that deposit. Remember that? And nowadays we just use debit cards. But, but I had to learn how to do all that. God's people, for the most part, don't know how to write checks. Don't know how to write checks. Because every... Listen listen to me. I I know you have different thoughts about it. But listen to God's thoughts. My God shall supply most of your needs. My God Shall supply some of your needs. My God sometimes will meet your needs. No, it doesn't say any of that, does it? What God's thoughts are I will supply all your needs according to His riches. What's on deposit? His riches. I can tell some of y'all are having a hard time wrapping your mind around that. That's what's on deposit for you. His riches. All right, let's look at it a different way. The Bible said that I, you too, if you're a believer, I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. What if a wealthy person, multi-millionaire, passed away and they left everything to myself and Pastor Rick? Do you think I'm going to let Pastor Rick spend it all? <laughs> no, I'm... S- Join air right here. <laughs> Join air. Huh? You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Come on now. Why? Because he inherited everything. It's all wrapped up in his name. It said, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. Glory to God. See, people hear about prosperity and say, oh, it's just, they just want to get an offering. It's just about an offering. Listen, an offering is just one little bitty step in the process. None of that's even available if he hadn't. Listen, here's what the Bible said about him. Though he was rich, 2 Corinthians 8, though he was rich, for your sake, he became poor. When did he become poor? On the cross the only time he was ever poor in his whole existence. Somebody said, oh, Pastor, I I heard about the little drummer boy. And he said, I'm a a poor boy too. So Jesus, poor little Jesus born in a manger. He was only born in a manger because there wasn't any place else to stay. (laughs) Wasn't because he couldn't afford a place. In fact, the night he was born, there were kings. sent by God to present him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now somebody said, well, we don't, frankincense and myrrh, what's that? Some people say it was more valuable than gold. And king, they didn't come give him, you know, a, silver, uh, a gold coin. They were kings. Brought him gifts of gold. He came into the earth provided for. Come on now. What's kept us from that? Stinking thinking. Huh? Stinking thinking. We've got to start thinking his thoughts. Amen. Now, it said about that woman of blood, basically, Jesus said, woman, it's your faith that's made you whole. Now, we didn't read that part, but I'm sure you've read it. It said the reason that Jesus knew that somebody touched him was because he knew that power, that's my grandson over there, that Jesus knew that power had gone out of him. So her faith wasn't the power that healed her, but her faith was what triggered the power to come to her. And it works the same way with you. It works the same way with me. Jesus was not crucified the day that you got saved. He was crucified thousands of years before that. But it didn't do you any good until you triggered it with your faith. Now, I want to do this this morning. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Rick. Is this all right? Did y'all get anything out of this? Does this help anybody? I, I, I just want to trigger your faith a little bit, okay?